Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still sponsored by MorbidlyBeautiful.com, which is your one-stop shop for all things horror in the pop culture realm, including Women in Horror Month content, which is still going on, which I highly encourage you to go check out, even while you're listening to this interview with Elizabeth McCafferty. She's a British actor, writer, and director. She has a short film currently in pre-production, and it's on Indiegogo. It's called Love You to Death. It is described as a neo-feminist horror short focusing on obsession, revenge, and cannibalism. Here is Elizabeth McCafferty. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Alrighty, I am here with Elizabeth. Uh, Hello. How are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, I'm really good, thank you. How are good. you? Awesome. How's your weekend going? Very. I mean, it's very cold in London at the moment, so I'm literally sat here with a hot water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. I'm, I'm in Canada, so I mean, we got like randomly like three inches of snow out of nowhere. Just not calling for it, just happens. So just a little present. Fun. Yeah. yeah it's, it's great. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> so uh, you are a director, actor, writer, everything. Yep. Something like that, yeah. Something like that? (laughs) Something like those lines? That's awesome. It's one of those things where, um, you know, if if your predominant career, which for me was acting, isn't sort of going the way that I was wanting it to move forward, I was sort of thinking of other ways of how I can um, push myself forward. And I've always been interested in um, directing and writing is something I always do anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's just trying to push myself and apply other skill sets in order to make some work for myself really is how it came about yeah and one of those pieces of work is love you to death so you want yeah. to tell us a little bit about that yeah it's um a short film it's about um relationships the trust that we put into them um and it's a neo-feminist film about cannibalism uh, love revenge and she uh, forms a cult against men who wrong women and she questions the morality and the choices that they make um I think is the best summary I can think of. <laughs> no, that's fair. So I, I've heard the term feminist thrown around a lot, uh, mm-hmm. especially doing these interviews. Never neo-feminist. What what would you describe as a neo-feminist? I think neo-feminist is um, looking more at modern ways that women can empower themselves um, and how I think there's quite a lot of judgments about, um, you know, social media and women's you know posting pictures in bikinis and um uh you know using their body for a form of expression i think it's celebrating that um and i think that it's a new sort of age of being open about um bodies and image and celebrating that within the female community right so kind of like taking it back so to speak yeah sort of like taking control and um sort of yeah, being empowered by yourself and the decisions that you make and how free you are. And, you know, if a woman sleeps with however many men she wants, she's not a slag and she's not something to be shamed about. That's her being in control of her own body, I think, is the best way to describe it, is how I would see it. 
Yeah, no, that that makes complete sense because yeah. there's always been that, um, I guess, separation when it comes to men and women, you know, especially when it comes to the sexual aspect, you know, traditionally 10, 15, 20 years, 100 years ago, whatever time frame you want to go with. Yeah. If a woman slept with like more than two guys, she was a slut. But if a guy slept with like four women in a night, he's a stud. It's It doesn't make exactly. any sense, right? Yeah. And I think it's sort of very much with social media and, you know, how we're evolving as you know humans now it's an issue that's sort of been brought up more and more and mm-hmm. you've got you know women like emily raskowski really like waving the flag for that in terms of empowering other women to um to be more accepting of each other and to not shame each other for wanting to portray themselves like that that there's nothing wrong with that because they're in control of that decision yeah absolutely it's it's a confidence thing it's empowering as you said yeah definitely yeah, yeah. so uh, with your film mm-hmm. the uh it, it's currently on Indiegogo, correct? It is, yeah. So I'll, I'll share that link when this goes <laughs> up, and you. hopefully there's still some time left. As of recording this, there's 17 days uh, remaining on there it. There is, yes. So a little over two weeks. Um, how do you feel about how that's going? Uh, are you happy with the response so far? Were you hoping for more? What are you looking to improve, maybe uh, to get a little bit more, uh, some more backers in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yes. I mean, we, um, I know that is like, you know, a notorious thing that people say about it, but we were looking for um, £11,700 to make the film, and that includes paying everyone because I mm-hmm. think that's something that's really important. Very important. Um, yeah. But we have only made £656 so far, which is 5% of our target. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really scary. And you kind of feel like you're putting yourself completely on the line because especially when I've written it, directed it in it, you kind of like your soul is just put on an Indiegogo page and like being allowed to run wild. So, I mean, we've got, you know, hopefully we've got 17 days. We've, I mean, I've written letters to everyone which have been sent out, emailing every day and people have been really amazing and um, supportive though. You know, I get constant messages um, of support and people sharing it, which is amazing, but it's just... You know, notoriously hard to actually raise money because you know I'm aware that it's I've not often been in a position where I can support other people that I've really wanted to because I'm just not earning enough, and mm-hmm. so it's that tricky thing of sort of needing to convince people to part with their <laughs> money, but without being really pushy about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know how that goes, and it's that horrible thing where you're like, you really, really want people to just go, yeah, go on then, have the money, but yeah. also you know, you want to be careful about how you ask for it. And so it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. There's a fine line between, you know, needing the money and sounding desperate. Yeah. And yeah. And also like, I don't want to, you know, cross boundaries of respect to right. the people I know, you know, mm. you know, you don't want to like be ringing them or like hounding them. So yeah. I sort of like have tried to do it in like the most respectful way possible and just send, you know, a couple of really personal messages and just hope that people get on board if they can. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't feel like a lack of support because people haven't donated. I very much feel people have been, you know, amazing. And I've had amazing responses from Twitter and people. I, I had at one point 300 um, private messages oh. on Instagram from people that I don't know saying that they want to be involved and how can they get involved, which is incredible. So, like, you know, stuff like that, I would never expect to have happened so right. i'm really grateful for the support <laughs> yeah no that's that's very true and if you do want to feel a little bit better uh yes. since i'm in canada 
it's not <laughs> 600 pounds. It's $1,100. Oh, my God. Okay, so you feel a little go. bit better, right? <laughs> Way better. That's a much better number. <laughs> that and I've done one sort of crowdfunding thing in the past, and I think uh, my wife's grandfather donated like 30 bucks, and that was it. Oh, really? So, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're doing much better than than my history in this. So, don't okay. don't if you feel bad at all, don't. It, like you said, there's a lot of support behind you with it regardless of the what might show in the finances. There's other ways people can support, you know, sharing and getting it out there. And if you don't hit the goal, it, it's not the end of the world. You can still make the film. You just kind of got to be a little more resourceful. Definitely. Like, I mean, you know, like we've we've got our plan B's and plan C's <laughs> yes. um, just to sort of like, you know, keep going with it and try and stay positive about the fact. I mean, it will get made, but obviously you want to be as creatively free as possible to make something. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Unfortunately, can be the winner of like creativity and allowing yourself to go wild. So we might have to rein a few things in if we don't make the money, but. Um, we'll just we'll see what happens after 17 days, I guess. Yeah, there's still still plenty of time. So if you're yeah. listening, be sure <laughs> to check the link in the description. So uh, we'll get this, try to get this made, uh, hit that goal. Uh, but the film itself, what was the inspiration? Is it kind of like loosely based on some experience you had or very, you know, uh, related? Well, Did you eat somebody? Well, uh, yeah, well, this is the thing we don't talk about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a few things that kind of struck me most. I think the um, I was sort of chatting to some friends where, you know, obviously we've all had our personal experiences in relationships not working out. And um, it, for me, it's happened quite a lot where you think, oh, my God, I thought I was onto a winner there. But, you know, doesn't doesn't work out. And, you know, people make jokes um where they're like, oh, I could kill him. Like his, you know, behavior's been so bad. Or, um, but then we were joking around with, what if you actually did? What if someone really took that sort of joke comment to the extreme? So that was the very initial idea. But actually, I then, you know, looked a lot deeper into um, horror as a genre because um, I think it's an amazing genre for you know expressing anger over subjects in a really creative way and making it really relatable people to people and it's a really fun way to um explore really dark um themes so for me again it's that thing where I have been in a lot of relationships which haven't worked out where it's been quite negative I think in as a breakup and um it was you know how far does things have to go in order for things to change so I think it's it's come from a lot of sort of self-reflection of why does this keep happening and then obviously I've merged it with my favorite genre to sort of create something that is quite sort of deep and thought-provoking I hope to people but also in a very fun sort of cinematic way yeah I'd say if that makes any sense. It does make sense. It makes really, perfect really sense. waffled on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made perfect sense. Um, do you kind of have a background in horror? Is most of your, your work been in the horror field or genre, I should say? Or is it know, uh, first? Is, it's something that I've struggled actually to be seen for um, as an actor, but maybe that's, um, you know, just how it's worked out for, you know, a couple of years or whatever. But it's something that, yeah it's my favorite genre and you know crime horror thrillers but it's just something I never ever get um put up for and it's what I like to watch the most so 
I thought it would be a really fun challenge to just sort of do something that I want to do completely for myself because that's sort of the point of why I wanted to make the film was you know to generate work for myself so I thought right I'll challenge myself and um and do something that I entirely want to do whether people like it or not (laughs) and that's totally admirable I mean (laughs) if it's a classic sort of scenario of if you're not going to be able to get assistance or help from somebody to do what you want to do just do it yourself well, this is the thing. I think as well, you know, as an actor, it's fairly easy to get quite um, downtrodden about not um, doing what you want to do. You know, it's really easy to compare yourself to other people as well. It's mm-hmm. really easy to look at others who are doing really well. Especially since go, it's all like audition and performance based. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's so personal because yes. it's your face and it's your acting and your voice and your... Um, you know, what you're bringing to something all the time. So it is so easy to take it personal and get really down about it. So for me, writing's a way to sort of bring myself out of that because I can't really be downtrodden about not being in something if I'm currently making something for myself. Right, it's a release. Uh, yeah. And you, sort of thing. You, yeah, definitely. You sort of feel like you're doing something good and whether it doesn't work out, that's like the next hurdle to worry about. But mm. at least you're doing something about it. Um, so that was quite important for me as an actor, just to take control of my career. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's what you got to do. and <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know, who better than you to focus on your needs or yeah, your ambitions? Think, yeah, you've kind of got to make sure um, that you're always keeping yourself, you know, as number one priority because it's mm-hmm. so easy to become overwhelmed by the lack of control that you have. Um, over yourself as an actor you know you're sort of a puppet to so many other people yeah so um it's quite can be quite tricky i can imagine like there's a politics game too you know people sucking up to directors or casting directors or you know going that little bit of being a little bit too much sometimes just to get noticed definitely and actually that's something that um i you know in the film it's it's a very looks-based industry which is piles on the pressure you know because you feel like if you don't get a job is it because of my face or my hair wasn't shiny enough or my teeth you know (laughs) right so easily sort of look you know really tear yourself apart Mm -hmm. for no reason really but it's um it's also a yeah it's you know it's a competitive world but it's so easy to look at your face and yeah pick it apart so it's sort of (laughs) trying to <laughs> control that as well within yourself which is why you know I try and write a lot of my films that I've written which I haven't done anything with yet but they're all horror based and you know about about the modern day nightmares of our world and I think image is quite a big topic within that yeah and as, social media definitely yeah especially nowadays yeah 100 percent. with like you said the the amount of more uh women who are getting more confident in showing their bodies there's also a lot of more uh, a lot more scrutiny with that as well that they have to deal with. Yeah, there's more pressure as well yeah. to to have that perfect body. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that comes though with um, what maybe only one particular type of body being shown as the um, be all and end all. You know, and I think that's our job um, as a society and, and as filmmakers to make sure that every person is counted for within a story. You know, like not just one type of woman is the ideal you've got lots of different um you know appealing to lots of different looks as well is something important Mm -hmm. Um, because i think in hollywood it's very easy to 
depict really beautiful looking people which can make everyone feel quite insecure so it's trying to you know open up castings as well now to all sorts of different looks i think is important yeah yeah because it's moving in a a different direction for sure it's no longer uh you know the straight like margot robbie you know who's 90 percent of men will think she's you know perfect looking or whatever the case might be she does have talent to back herself up but um you're you're right it is kind of trending into the more let's get a more unique perspective a different look on screen because i think people are getting tired of a seeing the same thing over and over and over again and seeing the same five actors and everything like oh yeah that is the other that's the other thing about you know when you're auditioning is that often you're just competing against um really really big names who are already famous so it's trying to find that foot in the door so it's i mean it's it's basically that thing of you know I'm a huge, huge fan of so many um, actors that get roles over me. But then mm. also you're like, when's it going to be my time? <laughs> <laughs> like, I want that to happen for me now. <laughs> yeah. and, and horror is a really good gateway for that. Um, I, I think anyway, you, you don't see a lot of huge names in horror movies anymore. And it is a good no. stepping stone. Like um, I watched Midsummer the other day. and Oh, I, yeah. And I hadn't recognized anybody except the one kind of weird funny kid who's in like another comedy movie um, oh yeah i'm i know yeah will poulter yeah will poulter yeah, him, yeah, yeah 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 but then I, I looked up uh florence i'm not sure how to say her last name poe oh pew 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 yeah okay. p-u-g-h yeah makes sense yeah um and she'd done a whole bunch of stuff in the uk and britain and she was a fairly I, I assume a fairly big name and she was in uh the king lear adaptation there yeah, she's super, super famous over here. Yeah, uh, and she's—I think she's going to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my prediction. <laughs> she was fantastic in Midsummer. Yeah. Like the, her, the scenes where she's having like the anxiety or panic attacks. I was like, that's probably how it would actually look. And I think, feel. yeah, yeah. I mean, I funny enough, I actually went up for her role, so I definitely oh, did know. You? <laughs> the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know the script. You know, before it came out, I, it was one of those scripts where you read it and you're like, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it was really exciting. And um, one of those things where you think, right, I'm not going to, you know, whoever gets this, I'm going to watch it regardless because right. it's, it's really something exciting. And it's re- it's raw as well. And I think yes. that's what I really like about films and what I want to create in my own is, you know, that raw emotion where you really bond and relate to someone it despite the madness despite saying oh i'd never be a cannibal it's almost like convincing people that that person's human behind all the madness that they do right yeah all the inhumanness that they do it's actually trying to find those bonds where you yeah you find that connection that realization why and i think that's you know that clever writing you know like midsummer where you you literally feel like that scene you, you feel yeah. the same emotion that she's feeling yeah yeah it, it does a very good job of putting you in the character's shoes yeah 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 because i mean i, I think everybody kind of has that that fear of traveling to a new place you know getting mixed up in the wrong stuff be it you know something extreme like a cult or you know even kidnapping or uh human trafficking or something like that there's always that fear and it's subtle in that movie but it's there because they are in a different culture in a different world altogether not even just the country but the the community itself that they're in is just very different we could say yeah yeah definitely yeah no it's brilliant and i love the poster as well actually yes that's That's like i really like that yeah it's simple and it it, you know it looks happy but then her face is just of pure like 
terror. So yeah, and I love that about films where there's um, you know complete contrasts. In, mm-hmm. So like the the poster colors are really beautiful, but yes. the what they show. And I think Suspiria is one of my favorite films as well, and mm-hmm. I think that does a really good job of having something absolutely stunning but then with something really ugly behind it you know yes. the, the the dark drama yes yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, i mean we could go on for days about we could, yeah I could <laughs> this isn't about <laughs> midsummer ari Aster, or anything like that it's about about you uh so when you finish shooting your uh your short here mm-hmm. do you have any plans for it outside are you going to submit it to festivals are you going to release it just uh you know for everybody to enjoy like a youtube or a, something along those lines what's what's the plan well um i'm gonna submit it to all the festivals and then um it's actually i'm gonna wanting to i'm wanting to pitch it as a mini series um okay. so i think i'm actually just going to use the film as a stepping stone to pitch it as something much bigger but take it to a proper production company um and see what they think of it but um once the film and you know all the pictures happen i want to make it readily available for everyone to watch just because i think a lot of short films actually sort of i don't know it's a bit sad they sort of seem to die off after they've done the festival circuit yeah it's hard to find them and they're sort of forgotten about where i'd quite like to have love you to death live on a bit longer but um yeah i would like to be able to use it as a pitch for something in the future um as you know an example of a story that can be developed into something much bigger so that's sort of the plan and yeah all the festival circuits and just see where it goes really yeah i mean that's kind of what festivals uh, for short films anywhere sort of about you know you hear about that all the time yeah i think it happened with the uh, paranormal activity you send it to like can or something like that and then mm-hmm. somebody was like hey let's make that into a feature film i think it was steven spielberg wasn't it? ah i didn't know i don't know about I this think, so I'm gonna have to i think this that's up. the story i think part of the marketing it was it was a big director i, I want to say it was spielberg i don't quite Ooh. remember but uh, he got a copy of like the screener dvd or whatever and uh, part of the promotional thing was he said it was quote-unquote cursed and everybody's like oh um, my god this is gonna be the greatest thing ever and then it made like 40 billion dollars yeah on like a ten thousand dollar budget um that's I could amazing. be com- completely wrong on that, but I no, do remember hearing <laughs> do remember hearing something <laughs> along those lines but uh yeah i, I hear about movies like that usually they're a little bit bigger name but every once in a while one of the the smaller ones uh sneak through and somebody's like i can turn that into something big you know well it's like that's the um the found footage films are so you know they're so profitable because they're always done on such low budgets aren't they and they're always the ones that get like soar past everything else because they're so sort of revolutionary for what they are well that's great and it has to just sell like 15 tickets to make up the cost yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah when you've got ten thousand, you know whatever how much it costs to get it done it's yeah. quite easy to get that back i presume yeah yeah um, especially if you get a nationwide release or international mm-hmm. release right yeah i mean i mean especially i think as soon as people start saying because i remember it happened with um raw that french film where mm-hmm. um, people were fainting and as soon as you start getting press like that of people fainting and passing yeah. out and things like that then it's you the just greatest know thing in the world winner. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's like every Lars von Trier movie pretty much oh yeah right? definitely. Yeah, people leave and complain and throw up in the theater and then next thing you know everybody wants to see it because they're like what the hell is it exactly What's going well on? You know, um, Human Centipede is like still living on uh, yeah. as one of the worst films <laughs> everyone's ever seen because like not many people can even sit through it with open eyes and yeah. things like that. But that was made what twenty 
12, maybe now? Oh, maybe, maybe even before that. 2010. Something like that. So, I, and so I worked fact, at a video store uh, oh. back when there was like DVDs around still. And I'm pretty sure the second Human Centipede came out when I worked there. And that was in like 2011. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe it's a lot older than I even thought it was. But the fact I'm still talking about yeah, it. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, like 11 years old now. And it's still oh. somewhat relevant. <laughs> you can look at the, the Saw franchise too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They made what? There's nine of them now, and it's only like a 15 year old franchise. So yeah, literally. And, you know, it costs a million dollars to make. It brings in 40 million dollars at the theater. It's a win. Is that how much it costs? I didn't realize it was done that cheaply. Yeah, from what I heard, uh, it it had close to a million, two million dollar budget. The first few, anyway. And oh. they shot it in a week. They took seven days to shoot, and the rest is history. God, that's amazing. Right? See, that's, that's yeah, it's pretty aspirational. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so, I mean, but you do. never, it does happen. So that's, that's yeah. all you got to, you know, before Saw, had anybody ever heard of, of uh, oh, crap, what is it, James Wan? Is that who did it? Yeah. Uh, God, it rings a bell. Yeah. You're testing oh. my film knowledge now. But, yeah, me too, yeah. honestly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no, um. It's yeah. I mean, yeah. Things can be done, and things that you never thought could happen can happen in this industry. It's kind of why I love it because one day you can be sat there, not doing anything, and the next day you have four auditions, which could potentially change your life. You know, yeah. there's like amazing, like amazing contrast of emotions of um, not knowing what will happen next, which yeah. is really cool. Which yeah. keeps and, you going. And that one good day that you have, the one time you do get that role, it just everything else bad that happened before that all the rejection just goes out the window exactly and it makes it worth it as well it, it, 100 percent, because they say in acting it, i can't remember what, what the exact quote is but it's um auditioning is your job and acting is the reward and it kind of is oh, true yeah because yeah. you realize you're like yeah this is you're, you're kind of everything you're doing is geared towards that job yeah yeah so trying, then to, trying to land that one thing yeah. yeah and then you sort of relax once you get it so it's kind of true <laughs> well, quote unquote relax you can always be replaced <laughs> yeah yeah exactly or if you oh god take photos or whatever on a disney shoot oh, you get god. suddenly fired and all yeah. that stuff mark ruffalo <laughs> tom yeah. holland all those guys yeah, hey everybody yeah. dies in this next one what <laughs> shut yeah, up dude yeah <laughs> but who was it that took a picture it, it was a Dis- it was like the next star wars and they took a photo was it john Boyega and he took a photo of like in a coffee shop learning lines and then oh. zoomed in on his script oh maybe yeah, i can't remember that sounds very familiar and then they were like well what do we do now because we can't get rid of him yeah no, he's ingrained <laughs> yeah. yeah you can't take him out now so like, all of a sudden samuel jackson's back it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay yeah no it's actors do have a lot of power um yeah i in, in a lot of these interviews I've, I've mentioned kevin smith because i think he's a uh, like the traditional start from nothing and become like kind of a Hollywood, not superior upper echelon guy, but like somebody who's beloved in the industry. And yeah. uh, he, he once talked about being on the Die Hard set, Die Hard 5, Live Free or Die Hard, whatever one that one was. And um, he had a small role in that. And it, Bruce Willis didn't like the script at the that time. Right. So... The director's like, well, too bad. It's like, this is what we're doing. And then Bruce Willis is like, okay, give me a second. Pulls out his phone <laughs> and calls up the Fox executives. And they're like, no, this is what we've approved. This is what's going to happen. He's like, 
who else you got to play John McClane? Ah, <gasps> <laughs> right. Oh my God, yes. Right? See, like, things can happen. Yeah, <laughs> anything can happen. It's 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 such a weird world. Yeah, it's out crazy. There. You can rise and fall in a in a heartbeat, really. Oh yeah, and that's scary though because you know there's loads of celebrities out there, and you think, you know, you know, you have it sometimes. You sit there and you go, "What happened to that person?" Yeah. That you sort of forgot about. Yeah. You know, that was really famous 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a yeah, it's scary. It can <laughs> some, I mean, some of them like that. Some of them are like, okay, you know, I've kind of hit my peak and I don't want to continue on. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of you know press. It's a lot of paparazzi. You don't get your privacy. So if you are younger, if you're in your 20s, some somebody like a uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar or Freddie Prince Jr., who was huge in the early 2000s, yeah, and haven't done anything in since since like Scooby Doo, um, if you got the bank, you sit on it, invest it. You know, you don't really need to be a public face anymore if you don't want to be. No, I guess. And I think, um, you know, probably a lot of the Harry Potter um, cast yeah. sort of went off and did that because they, I thought they were just so consumed by how much they were in the industry. Because, you know, that when you're that young, oh, yeah. at my age, just sort of fighting to get in still. So you're mm. so, that sort of keeps you going when you're just, con- you know, every day you wake up with a goal. Yeah. <laughs> you've got your aim. But I guess when you've reached your, you know, what people at 30s aim is when you're already 15. Yeah. I guess there's that thing of where do you go from there? Exactly. Like you haven't fought to get there. You've just been given it. So I guess you go through that weird mindset of not knowing, especially if you did never really want to be an actor. You know, if yeah. you if you were given a job at 10 just mm-hmm. because by chance you you look like on somebody. The street. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's like must be a really, really surreal sort of world to to live in when you're yeah you're sort of most people's dreams have come true but they didn't realize it was their dream because they were 10 years old it's kind of weird yeah it's it's, uh, very true i think rosario dawson has a very similar story to that she was just like sitting on her stoop in new york and they're filming a a independent film it was called kids Mm -mm. oh yeah i know the film yeah and uh the one of the directors like we want you in this (laughs) she was like 15 or something like that yeah and uh, the rest is history, you know. It, it, sometimes it takes being in the right place at the right time. Definitely. I mean, have you um, seen Betty Blue? It's this French film. No. 80, it's like an eighties French cult film, which is amazing. It's my favorite film. But she, Beatrice Dolls, the actor, and she was walking down the street in France, and the director went up to her and said, "You need to come to this audition. You're exactly what I'm looking for." And apparently, I read in an uh, article that apparently she turned around and said, um, well, if you ask me a bit nicer, then maybe I'll come. <laughs> and then she like sort of like played it off. And then he made, obviously, he wanted her even more because right. that was exactly what the character would say. Right. And then, um, and then yeah, she came, she came along after I think they, they uh, asked her again <laughs> and like begged her to come to the audition and then she got it. That's amazing. And now she's, yeah, now she's who she is, so... <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I met somebody on Instagram, a photographer, once, and we got talking one day. And she said a very similar thing. Um, she grew up in uh, just outside Detroit, I think it was, in mm-hmm. Michigan. Is that where it was? Anyway. Um, and they were filming Gran Torino, the, the Clint Eastwood film. Uh, okay, Get yeah. Off My Lawn movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and she apparently looked exactly like the role they 
wanted like for the there's a young Asian girl in that movie and ah. she, she looked exactly like what they imagined and they saw her like playing soccer or something and they they approached her and her family and they even after they cast the girl in the movie for the movie they still contact her and like are you sure you don't want to do this <gasps> no way she turned it down yeah or her family turned it down I forget the exact story but I was like well, why <laughs> like, it's crazy but then I mean I've heard I've spoken to casting directors before and you know obviously their job is to go walk the streets sometimes finding you know authentic people and um I remember speaking to a casting director and he said he went up to like a group of girls because he had to cast um sort of like I can't remember what it, what it was for now but it was sort of like a gang drama and um they needed lots of authentic sort of looking um, teens and stuff like that. And he went up to this group and was like, can, can I um, give you my card? I'm a casting director. <laughs> it's for a TV program. And, and they the all told him to rest off. <laughs> and they were like, they were like proper hounded him and told him to F off and oh, get, out, like, get out of the face. And he was <clears> like, <throat> but he, you know, he said, when you're working with real people who don't want to be actors, you know, it, they're so yeah. undesperate <laughs> to yeah. be it that they don't care. Yeah. Well, that's also like the classic, hey, I'm a photographer. Come sit in my garage and just never be seen again trope, right? (laughs) I don't envy that. That doesn't sound like a job I want to have. Walk up trying to people. I'm I'm doing a movie. I swear to God, it's a movie. Swear (laughs) to God, you'll come out alive. Probably. Just come with me. (laughs) Just come to this small room. Yeah. And uh, on a camera. Yeah, there's a camera. There's a black couch. You've seen these a hundred times on that. No, that's not a good example. I swear this is a real movie, right? Like, how do you... That's why they have those jobs, I guess, because they're good at that. But (laughs) Yeah, I guess you have to be very um, charming and convincing. But again, that's... A but serial also, killer. <laughs> I was gonna say that's another skill that someone else, though, you know, <laughs> describing Ted Bundy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've watched a lot of crime documentaries because all our references are just, um, yeah, <laughs> like instantly going to creepy, yeah, creepy well, weirdos. You know, you got to be aware. Yeah, you right? can't have too much trust in this world. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we've gotten off topic again. Yeah, sorry. I'm that's really okay. Confident. No, that's all right. It, it makes for good <laughs> listening. Um, good. So uh, I, did, I looked at your, uh, what was it, Spotlight? Is that the link you sent me? Oh, God, I don't know what I've sent you. Did yeah. it, was it the... It was like an actor profile page. Oh, or God, like okay. a resume style thing. Oh, I think that's just on the bottom of my email. Oh, is it just your signature? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I clicked sorry. it. That's, that's just what like desperate actors do. And they just <laughs> like put it on the bottom of every email they send. Yeah, so that, you know. <laughs> my, my, mine says <laughs> host of <laughs> podcast. So, um, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but it, you have a lot of training in weapon use. Oh, yeah. My, uh, my firearm training. Yeah. So what's that all about? Well, again... I, I know I sound like a crazy person because I just go and do all these weird things because, like, obviously I have so much free time sometimes that right. you just kind of go and do things. Well, I made sort of a like a promise to myself that I'm not going to talk about what I, you know, things I want to do for ages. I'm just going to do it because mm-hmm. otherwise it's so easy to sort of say for years that I want to make a film and then I never make a film. Yes. So I'm kind of about right let's do this and um training as an armorer for film and tv was something i really wanted to do so um so yeah i went and i booked a um one-on-one sort of training course with a um 
a firearm instructor got him to take me out and I mean, it's really hard to do in London. I was going to say, yeah, like you guys have no not, guns. Yeah, it's like not a thing really. But yeah. um, I went to Wales, so it's like a <laughs> out of the country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I mean, there's crazy rules like that you have to have. Oh, of course. To sign to be a million papers. Own them. Yeah, and like train in them and things like that. And the instructor has. I mean, you've got like section two and section five, and section five is. Um, I can't, I can't remember exactly what the rules are, so don't quote me on this professionally. But That's like, right. it's it's something like um, the army or like the military have to come to your house, um, and they have to check that you um, like are storing the firearms properly. You have all of your cases have to be bolted to the wall and like have a lock on them, mm-hmm. and then the military have to come around and check that. Um, you know that you're using them appropriately and they give you interviews as to why you're using them mental health checks um, and that happens like regularly that's a regular thing but that's like for guns you know like revolvers AK-47 that's like things people shouldn't have yeah and that's (laughs) like you know and like I think it's really hard uh, level to obtain because obviously it's so hard to prove why you would ever want that yeah you wouldn't ever uh, need that <laughs> if you're a, a hunter or like a farmer or something i can understand like a, a single shot rifle or you know an air rifle yeah. but uh, how many rabbits are you mowing down with an ak-47 well i mean you, you never know what they get up to in wales that, but. <laughs> that, well that's true <laughs> but no it's, it's actually that section two though you know so Section two, a lot of farmers, I think, have because, yeah, it's your rifles for, you know, or like sh- if you're shooting game and things like that, mm. it's it's um you only need that level of firearm anyway. Yes. So you don't need a revolver. But I think obviously a lot of, um actu- you know, professional armorers who supply weapons to film companies, they have to have oh, section five because right. you can't supply a weapon. um you know, it's also it so, there's so much paperwork involved, but obviously yeah. you can't buy weapons in front of you know um, to film companies unless you have this section. And also, any actor who is firing that weapon has to be under the law of someone who has that section. Right. So, which is why, so like an armorer, if if someone's shooting a revolver for a film, obviously they practice, they can practice live fire, but that has to be done under someone with section five. So. Right. The Section 5 person sort of like a licensee who covers everyone who's shooting under that person, if that makes sense. No, that, that yeah, that makes total sense. So they sort of have to have, um, they have to have that weapon, um, like, whatever, Section 5, they have to have it. Whereas Section 2, they're, not much would cover it, so it's probably not the best one to have in film. Yeah, fair enough. But as a farmer, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're not a farmer, so. <laughs> but I'm not a farmer, no. You might one play one I don't one day, have, though maybe yeah, you never know or maybe yeah i'll write one uh, like a zombie farmer or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean you can do a lot of scary shit on a farm oh yeah i mean there's loads of stephen king loves a farm oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's made his career on like creepy farms yeah like farms in maine yeah <laughs> yeah <It's> pretty much <laughs> so yeah there's there's we can we can write that yeah, yeah, fair enough. We'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens with this one, and then we'll move on. Yeah, just you know, just write up Stephen King and be like, "Hey, I have an idea for a farm movie." He'd be like, "I'm all over it. I'm in. Don't yeah. even pitch me. I'm in." This sounds so new and original. Yeah, <laughs> people love farms. Have you seen my house? Well, evidently they do, though. You know, because 
they they prove to be successful films every time. Yeah. All these like horror. Films. And what's the one where is it a silent place? What's the one where they're not allowed to speak? Oh, uh, yeah, a, a quiet place. I think. A quiet place. Yeah, that with... isn't that on a farm as well. As well. I think that's in the middle of like nothing. It's like the woods or something. I I, I watched it briefly. I, I wasn't super into it. Um, I think they had a farm. There, there was a farm. There must have been a farm because they had to like sustain themselves, right? Yeah, so like he had his guts out. Yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, there was that. There's there's some farmer in there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so off topic. Now. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know what avenue I'm going down. That, that's, that's <laughs> the rabbit hole is so deep. It is, and it can go on forever. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, after you finish shooting um, uh, the the movie you're working on now, mm-hmm. do you have anything? You said you have a bunch of scripts. Is it going to be boom, boom, boom right after one another, or is it going to just you're going to sit, take some time and kind of revel in what you've already created? Um, I mean, I've actually got lots of um, plans to make documentaries as well, funny enough. So um, I'm currently in development for a documentary, which is sort of linking actually to the film. But um, I've got lots of sort of other ideas. I want to open a YouTube channel for um, the documentary sort of journalism ideas that I have. So I'm sort of already working on that. But that's something I'd like to sort of put more into practice once things calm down but i feel like things aren't going to calm down for a while because we have so much to do on this film so i've got loads of scripts that i'd love to work on um which are actually i've got more horror scripts um and um they're all female-led but i've also got a feature film about women's boxing so there's Mm. lots of things that i really want to get my teeth into but i guess it's just prioritizing what one first and yeah also again like with the acting you never know what is gonna happen yeah so it's you, to... <laughs> you could land a role right before you start shooting on your your short oh god right? <laughs> what this is what i joked about because i was like i bet because this is just how luck goes isn't it yeah you know, you, i bet as soon as i um you know st- have dates for this film i'm suddenly gonna get a role yeah. for like five months knowing the country <laughs> or something stupid and then i won't be able to do it for ages so. yeah yeah of course it's good problems <laughs> to have happens. but exactly but they always still say problems. You know, yeah they say book a holiday if you want a job because as soon as you get your holiday books you'll get the job <laughs> yes you are absolutely right <laughs> so yeah. that was probably what will happen but then i won't complain either way right Fair enough. So, you know, if someone does want to give me a job in between that, then that's also fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's understandable too. Yeah. But the film will get made, whatever. So yeah. we just have to see the time frames, I guess. All righty. Uh, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot for one second here. I know okay. I, I said earlier I wasn't going to ask any hard oh, questions. Go on. That, uh, that resume that I clicked says mm-hmm. you do an American accent. Oh, God. So let's hear it. What do, you, what do you want me to say? Or should I just... What should whatever, I do? Whatever you... If you have a phrase, because I know people who do accents have a phrase that they say in their head before they did kind of get like in the character of the voice. Whatever that is for you, if that is a thing for you, go for it. Well, I feel... Okay. Just... But just... You can tell I'm stalling this. Yes. So I can do like, you know, Generican, which everyone will hate probably. Yeah. Like the, the, the croaky the, sort of... Yeah. You know, yeah. like everyone says... Like, like house... The standard, yeah. or then I do like you know like I, I quite like a Boston, but it's probably really bad. Oh. Should I just read? Why don't I read? Yeah, so I read the um, synopsis or something because then it gives me yeah sure 
Yeah, oh, go God, for this it. is so on the spot. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, no wonder she's not working. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, okay, no, I'm going to do generic for now. Then we okay. can switch. Yeah. Okay. How has No Fury like a woman scorned? So when Ryan's infidelity reignites Jackie's appetite for revenge, things are going to get all kinds of ugly, particularly when Jackie knows all too well that it could be hard to start when revenge tastes so sweet. That was so bad. <laughs> it slipped once or twice, but otherwise it was, it was pretty really good. Bad. No, it was all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Should I do, do I do another line or should we just like let that one die? That is completely <laughs> up to you. <laughs> I'm like, I must prove myself. Yeah. <laughs> no i do like a boston though accent I, that's really yeah fun. That, that's, a, that's i i can't even do a boston accent i don't think i'm very good at it though it's i mean i no i am okay i'm gonna give myself credit yeah because Confidence. when you practice something because obviously if you get a script you won't you will you will have like a couple of days to work on it and then it's muscle memory so mm-hmm. you sort of like train yourself enough to say it yes. in that way yeah um but yeah, when it's on the spot, it's so hard as well. It, it is hard, I know. British <laughs> accents are so different, like different where it is in your mouth. Oh sounds, yeah, like, yeah. It, really it's, it's completely. It's a lot more forward than. Uh, yes, yeah, so you sort of have to like warm up those muscles that yeah. you never use as a British person. Yeah, that's why it's to, easier like, to do a British yeah. accent than it is to do like a, like a neutral like my accent to a British than your British to like mine. Does this mean I need to put you on the spot now and make you do a British one? I used to do. <laughs> An incredible David Beckham impression. What? Yeah. Okay, go on then. I have to hear this now. All right. Okay. 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 <laughs> <clears throat> Warm up a little bit here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I came over from, from England to play some football. Uh, I mean, soccer, because you guys, you, you don't call it uh, soccer, uh, football over here. It's soccer, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's been a long time since I've done David Beckham or even heard him speak. But doesn't David Beckham... He has like a high-pitched little girl voice, doesn't he? But like, it sounds like you were in a period drama. Yeah. But isn't David Beckham from Essex, which is like... Is he? I don't know where he's yeah, from. I swear he is. <laughs> I swear he is. Isn't he like, oh, what, mate? How's it going? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I was a little more Birmingham on that one or something. <laughs> Is there a little, oh, or God. what's what's like a posh area like Manchester? Oh no, Manchester's like um, I thought they had I'm the... from Manchester. It's like up north. Like oh that. yeah, they got the, yeah, the northern yeah. accent. Yeah, and then like Paul and Ringo. Yeah, Liverpool. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I think Ringo Starr was from Birmingham. I can't remember. That's really bad. <laughs> or live. Oh, where were they from? I need to. They, they were from Liverpool. Were they all from Liverpool? I'm not sure if they all were, but that's where oh, like the band originated. Liverpool's from. completely different. Liverpool's so different from Manchester, though. It's a crazy accent. Like, aren't they pretty close proximity-wise? Like they are, yeah. But like, the accents very different. Yeah, uh, Liverpool's a lot harsher, isn't it? Yeah, Manchester's quite um, mon- more uh, monotone, like not in an offensive way, but it's right. more like. Um, <laughs> It's, it's less up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scouse, which is um, like Lo- the slang Liverpool, the yeah. Is, is really like um, sing-songy, I'd say. <laughs> As like a, what, are we talking like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins here? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to be uh, Cockney? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Dick Van Dyke's like, oh, what, governor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> where a it's very like... offensive accent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like, yeah, um, 
scousers i can't even think of a phrase to say but they're yeah they're very it's they're crazy like different um and then david beckham's like essex which isn't in london i'm pretty sure that's where he's from a posh accent would be like um because obviously london has different accents yeah Uh, yeah east so you can have yeah like your west london accent is quite like wet well refined yeah like the the chelsea area yeah that's yeah yeah. and then we've got and then your east end is like your cockney yeah (laughs) so it's sort of like yeah yeah. the rhyme yeah exactly so there's kind of like lots of variations beckham is from uh leightonstone oh okay yes actually yeah so is that essex still yeah um Ish. It's kind of weird. Once you go to Leytonstone, it kind of starts going into like the Essex border. Ah, uh, okay. It's like kind of like East London going into Essex. Because I think it's it's near this place called Woodford, which is classified as Essex, but it's okay. only two stops on the tube. Okay. So it's like, yeah, it's like a weird crossover. Hmm. Sort of same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's okay. hear the Boston. <laughs> Didn't <Right>. forget. <laughs> I feel like I need to warm up. What's happening? Ah, I, I, I don't know. Just Blocky. channel your inner... Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, I need to think of phrases that make like get me into Boston. Because it's like... Um... Uh, you, you talk about uh, <laughs> hockey like... or baseball. They're huge into baseball. I'm re- But I don't know anything about baseball hmm. at all. Right, Let's let's think. Let's think what... We're going so off topic now. That's all right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) I can't think. Okay. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Jackie knows all too well that if we can... (laughs) This is awful. I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Jackie knows all too well that it can be hard to stop when revenge tastes so sweet. That's not bad. You you picked it up at the end, definitely. You know, once yeah. you got into it, once you got into the flow of it, it was definitely. But I have to hold my mouth in such weird ways. Well, to yeah, do, like, you got to like pinch things. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm glad the camera is not on me <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, it would there, there'd be a whole new story there. But um, but yeah, there we, I mean, I'm really hoping no one from casting was listening to anything <laughs> because. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as it's not a Boston-based thing. Or American. Well. Um, again it wasn't i've heard (laughs) worse put it that way when i'm in when i'm in it yeah i I reckon you're on the spot yeah Yeah. no no preparation yeah i mean basically all like gonna put the blame on you any backlash (laughs) from this (laughs) send them my way i'll sort them out hashtag yeah hashtag you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) oh man Alrighty. um so before we wrap this up, um, mm-hmm. we have the uh, the Indiegogo uh, link, which we'll share. Uh, is there anywhere, anything else you want to share? Any social media, websites, anything else you got? The main thing we have um, for the film, so we have um, Love You to Death, obviously the Indiegogo page. And then we have um, our uh, Instagram, which is, let me have a look what it is. It's Love You to Death Film. Okay. And then our Twitter is LYTD short film hmm. because for some reason someone already had W to death. Um, so we couldn't take that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I'm on Instagram, obviously, as always. But apart from that, we've sort of just um, 
contained it to social media because we found it like the best ways to get things out there. But we have a YouTube um, channel as well, just for like, you know, for the videos that we made to live on. I would love people to watch the crowdfunding director intro just because I feel like it explains so much about why I'm making the film and what it's about and like, you know, a little bit more about the a, a deeper look into the film and the script. So that would be cool. But yeah, <laughs> apart from that, that's kind of it, I think. Well, that's awesome. Well, I look forward you. to seeing the final product of uh, of your film. Love you I to death. Thank you. I'll definitely, definitely send it over. So perfect. And uh, if you are looking for reviews on it, send it over to Morbidly Beautiful as well. Um, I will who, do. Who send out the uh, the casting? Ca- I don't know if it's casting call, but the call for interviews for this. Yes. Women Horror Month. Um, so somebody will review it. I have no doubt. Um, Great. It, maybe it'll be me but that would be very biased at this point i think but that's wow. okay i mean that's also very fine <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> that's fair Alrighty. well thank you very much for sitting down and chatting with me it was wonderful thank you it's my first ever podcast so yeah i'm uh, very yeah i'm very excited so thank you you did awesome <laughs> thanks just like a lot of laughing into people's ears which people That's, are gonna be like horrified by people love scary. laughter people want to be well, happy right? i hope so yeah, yeah hope i so mean too. they might need to be after watching the film so <laughs> maybe listen enough. to the podcast after, after the, yeah after the horror <laughs> just stick it on the dvd as part of like an extra or something <laughs> yeah. yeah like if you need a cheer up yeah you? look i'm not yeah. really that twisted and mental i'm, I'm yeah. pretty normal i'm fun i laugh well, well, people say my laugh is twisted and mental, though, so it might, like, set a whole new, like, level of... <laughs> well, <I'll> just... <laughs> the rabbit hole! I'm, gonna, I'm down the rabbit hole again. And now I'll just I'm go down... into editing and, and, like, add, like, a Darth Vader distortion, so every time you laugh, it's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that would make me sound less shrill and annoying, yeah. <laughs> so that would be perfect, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alrighty, well, thank you once again. And, perfect, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, awesome, thank you. See you. Bye. Bye. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, on Facebook, at HorrorShots, Instagram, at HorrorShotsPhotography, and if you do want to support the podcast monetarily, you can absolutely do that as well by hitting up my Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Lastly, if you want to show your pride for the show, you can do that as well. I do have a Redbubble store where you can get the Ominous Origins logo. You can also get the Horror Shots logo, as well as some original work that I've done in the past. And that link will be in the description as well. Thank you once again. Until next time.